0: don't know he just ran right through the room going wah, wah. <laughs> and now it's gone whatever it was
1: kind of looked like mr poopy butthole, <laughs> mr. Poopy butthole.
0: <laughs> people who don't watch rick and marty are just gonna be like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, well, this isn't for them because oh, you have to uh, be like really smart to watch Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> to be fair, you have to have a very high IQ. Oh, my God. I can't even <laughs> say it without cringing. Yeah. Uh, people I might not know that. what that is.
1: People Guys. Know, yeah.
0: That's, uh, that's
1: there a is a sect of individuals who watch Rick and Morty who like to believe <laughs> that you need to be of superior intelligence
0: To really understand Rick and Morty. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like, I don't know, it's gotta be like high school and college age guys who don't have that much to be proud of. Yeah. I think, probably.
1: It's the same kind of guys (coughs) who, like, if you're a woman, if you said, I like such and such band, or you're wearing a t-shirt with a band on it, they'll be like, prove it. Tell me the birthday of every member of the band. Oh
0: yeah. It's that same sort of like kind of a thing. So like gatekeepers to cold us.
1: Yeah, like you can't like the things I like. And it's like, okay, <laughs> bucko, you tell me the birthday of every member of that fucking band.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't have to like it in the amount that you like it or in the ways that you like it. Those I Those people just are infuriating.
0: Like there's yeah. So many, there's so many kinds of you that thing. You don't have
1: to prove, you don't have to take a test to show a fucking stranger that you enjoy something. Yeah, right. You get to just have that. All on your own.
0: How do I really know you're cool, though? Unless I test you weirdly.
1: I guess you fucking don't. And that's when you turn on your heel and you never talk to that person again.
0: Ever, ever again. Ever
1: again. (laughs) Even though they're like your cousin. Just don't talk to them again.
0: Gatekeepers to coolness. And they're never cool. Nope. Uh... Anyway, we're uh, we're back with more Goose Chase. This is it. That's we, what you're listening to. We've we, been chasing geese all week for you people. We are they, and uh, that is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: This has been the news of so Purt Happily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the, thing, the thing about the show that you're listening to now is this is what it is. <laughs> uh. Uh, yes. So, it's Goose Chase. It's the week before Christmas. You've and still all got a mouse? through the
1: house, a creature is stirring. Yeah. It's that goddamn mouse.
0: <coughs> you, you've still got that mouse?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, my mom was frightened by it again. Yeah. Yes, I was woken up by her shrieks of terror.
0: Yeah. I did not go help her. <laughs> no, you, apparently not. Because you said you heard her shriek and you assumed she saw the mouse. Yeah. But that's all you do. So you just went, eh, I shit. went
1: back to bed. <laughs> In my defense... It was like three in the morning. Right. <laughs> and I knew that's what it was because the shrieks sounded like exactly the ones she imitated for me after the first time she saw the mouse. So I was like, yeah, that's a mouse shriek.
0: Yeah. That's the sound of her bed. finding a mouse.
1: Yeah. It was, it was not great. No. But, eh, you know, he just lives there now.
0: <laughs> yeah. You said you think he's in the couch. Yeah. Which she is a really shitty thing to couch. have.
1: It's not an old couch, so it's particularly shitty.
0: Yeah. Mouse moves into a brand new couch.
1: Yeah. Damn, now I have to come up with a new... A what? Headline. You took it. (laughs) I guess. Wait, what? What? I'm (laughs) pretending that was one of my news headlines.
0: Oh, okay.
1: See, I didn't get that. (laughs) That's why I explained it Like a good joke Uh, You have to explain it In order for people to get it
0: What did I just hear the other day that I thought was interesting It was a quote of someone saying that Explaining a joke Is like Dissecting a frog You understand the joke better But the frog dies in the process (laughs) Yes I thought that was interesting You know who said it actually? E.B. White
2: Mmm
0: E.B. White, the, uh, he wrote the, uh, the book on, uh. Jokes? Style. Oh, what the heck is it called? Foundations of Style or something like that. What the heck is the name of that book? Hmm. He also wrote Charlotte's Web. Oh, okay. Well, Charlotte's (laughs) Web, I know. I should have gone with, I should have led with Charlotte's Web. But, yeah. (laughs) Elements of Style, I think he wrote. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. That's only interesting to me.
1: I mean, I only tell jokes that I have to explain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't do that.
1: Don't tell me what to do. All right. Don't tell me how to live my life.
0: <sighs> so yesterday. are starting off kind of low energy here. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Well, you've been off work. Mm-hmm. You've been having a jolly old time being a cowboy yep, and stuff. Yep, been a
0: cowboy all the time. It's super good.
1: You bought all your, your Christmas shoppings.
0: Yeah. I uh, On I, Amazon. <laughs> I woke up. I basically woke up Tuesday and was like, I haven't done any shopping. I have to do it all today.
1: You do this every year.
0: I do this every year because Christmas stresses me out. Like, it really yeah, stresses but it's me like, out. Yeah, it's
1: not as stressful if you don't leave it to the last minute. No, it's,
0: it's bad no matter what. Like, if I have to go <laughs> into a store... And walk around in circles going, does anyone like this in my family? Who would like this?
1: Well, you don't do that. It doesn't
0: work the other way sometimes. I, just, I have to look at things and they get me thinking. But okay. I don't want to go out into the world and do that and just be your, a clueless your guy. Your brain
1: and my brain work differently in these things.
0: I'm not good at gift giving.
1: Yeah, it's not easy it, not. You easy just have me. to remember everything a person has ever said to you. <laughs> I know. In passing. And then you get them that.
0: I can't do that.
1: Yeah, or like, okay, so your brain doesn't work that way. You just have to start keeping detailed records of every conversation.
0: Like Harriet the have. Spy? Like yeah. I have a weird notebook? For like I Gary had a Ra- Harriet
1: the Spy notebook I when a I was you telling again. me that. Yeah, it ended badly. Let's not discuss it. <laughs>
0: It, it ended badly for Harriet, too. So.
1: Yeah, I, it was truly predictable.
0: <clears throat> yeah. We should have, we should have known should from have <laughs> the known example of Harriet the Spy. As an
1: elementary school student that it wasn't going to work in my favor. Yeah. Um, but I
0: did. I did it all in, like, a few hours. I just bought everything and uh, felt really good about some of the things and really excited to give some gifts. Good. And I think I might go out and buy a couple of more extra things still.
1: I started in September, mm-hmm. um, but I'm still down to the line buying last minute stuff. But I think I basically finished up the last of what I need. Okay. Today. Yeah. Got one more thing. I'm trying to think in my head if there's there's some stuff coming in the mail because I ordered it on Amazon. But after mm-hmm. I get that,
0: okay, should be good. I kind of want to put our stockings out. I've got two stockings. That I could put out. You no, know, it means you I... have to put stuff in the stockings, right. I, have to, so. I have to go buy stuff and put in the stockings. Right.
1: <laughs> that's why I don't normally do stockings. Right.
0: But I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I want right. to get festive. All right. I want to make it a, like a festive Christmas. Oh,
1: that reminds me. I have Christmas lights.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. You said you got lights to put on the tree that currently yeah. has dead lights on it.
1: Yeah, they're $3 a box. Yeah. Couldn't pass that up. Not bad. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. For 100 lights or like the little multicolored ones. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's pretty good. This is a good intro.
0: <laughs> I know. This, um, this feels very personal and boring. We should yesterday, just switch gears.
1: I, I was on Facebook and our friend Mel mentioned that she was halfway through a movie on Netflix called
2: Dumplin', Dumplin'. And that
1: so far it was really good and she hoped that it kept it up. And then she updated when she finished it and said she really liked it. And I didn't have anything better to
0: do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so I was like... I'm gonna watch Dumplin'.
0: I like the name Dumplin'.
1: It it's a cute movie. Okay. I liked it. It's um. Yo, what's the idea? <clears throat> the premise is: it's this girl living in Texas in a small town, and her mom is a former like beauty queen, pageant queen, and she's like famous in their town. and She helps run the pageant and host it every year, and like she's kind of a big deal. Okay, <laughs> but Dumplin' is not. The stereotypical body and personality of someone who would be like a beauty queen. Okay. And and because her mom was always so busy and obviously so different from herself, they weren't necessarily close. But she was also always very close with her aunt who basically raised her. They all lived together and she helped raise her. Okay. And when the movie starts, her aunt has recently passed away. Okay. Her aunt was also a huge Jolly Parton fan and she passed that on to the main character um so it basically she ends up deciding to be in the pageant for multiple reasons but it's the whole process and everything that goes with it and romance and all that jazz Mm -hmm. but a whole lot of dolly parton and it just reminded me how much i really like dolly parton
0: (laughs) okay Yeah, I guess I haven't really given my feelings on Dolly Parton that much thought. She's good. She's good. Yeah, she's really good. She's certainly not bad. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, Dolly Parton's good. (laughs) (laughs) Never really thought much about it.
1: I always say I'm not much of a country fan, but the country I like is like old school country. Okay. If I'm going to like it, you're going to have to commit to the country okay. for me. Like, just be country. I always liked, like, bluegrass and stuff. Yeah. And I like Johnny Cash, which is kind of like folk country, not maybe straight up country. But um, I really like Dolly Parton, and I've always liked uh, Patsy Cline. Okay. Those are my my country women's.
0: Yeah, I don't really listen to a lot of country music. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that it was everywhere growing up. And I was just like, I don't, I'm not not going to go in on this thing. The
1: ones I take issue with, I just don't love the pop country thing. Yeah. But I like old school country. And there's some modern country that I'm fine with. If I hear it, I'm not going to turn it off. It's like, whatever. Most music I'm pretty okay with. Not going to object to it. There's some that's really stupid, but for the most part, I'm like, eh, whatever.
0: I think the thing about pop country is that, like, it really is just pop music where you swap out a couple <laughs> of instruments for and, and, you, and, and throw an accent on it. Yeah,
1: put an accent on it. Just like, just commit. Yeah. Just, that's <laughs> what I want. Yeah. I don't care if you're pop music, just be pop music. And I don't care if you're country, just be country. Just stop trying to bridge a gap that doesn't exist. Just do know. it.
0: I mean, it's, it sells like, as crazy. Nike
1: said. Just do
0: it. As Nike said, in the immortal this words is of Nike. what they meant. That's what they were referring
1: to. Well, this is what the goddess meant. As she said it. They, <laughs> that's where they got this slogan from. Oh,
0: really? That's where Just Do It comes from? Yeah. The actual goddess. Yeah, Nike. she said that. Okay. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm learning something new.
1: Yeah, that's what this podcast is all about, This is, a very,
0: this is a very misinformative podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am misinformative.
0: <clears throat> misinformative.
1: Mm-hmm. But yes, that movie... Made me miss listening to Dolly Parton. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like the best movie in the whole world, but I liked it. Dumplin'. 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 Dumplin'.
0: Dumplin'. Dumplin'. It's on Netflix?
1: Yes. Okay. And then I also watched um, the Sabrina.
0: You're watching more of that? There's a holiday special, so Uh, I I I tapped out. I'm not going (laughs) to watch any more of that show.
1: You didn't even make it through an episode. No, nope,
0: I made it like halfway, three quarters through an episode, and I'm like, this is just not the not kind of campy theme. I like.
1: That's okay. You yeah. don't have to. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Um, and I got us a gift today.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. I was going through a Goodwill, because I was over by a Goodwill, so I decided to browse. Yeah. And... On the back wall, they had appliances and stuff. And we have mentioned stroop waffles and have eaten stroop waffles on this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. We, we've we strooped.
1: We've strooped and we've waffled. Um, <laughs> watch me stroop, stroop, watch me waffle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's enough of that. So
0: I was going to let it hang there, but you, you, <laughs> you appropriately stopped right
2: there.
1: <laughs> so. We have been toying with the idea of trying to make waffles. so I knew that we don't have the right kind of waffle maker for that. You need a very shallow one.
0: Yeah. You can't it, make needs it with to a, be, You can't make it with a Belgian waffle maker. Yeah,
1: it needs <laughs> to be thin. It needs to be a waffle cone maker. Yeah. So I was at Goodwill, and what did they have? A waffle cone maker.
0: Fucking awesome. Awesome!
1: It looks like it's in good shape.
0: It's a great find, and it is in really nice looking shape.
1: And it was seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. It was six fifty, and then there was tax, and then I donated the donated the rest to charity, which they let you round up. So yeah, eight dollars is what I paid in total for that waffle maker. The
0: thing about that waffle maker is it looks so neat that what probably happened is someone got someone a waffle maker, <clears throat> and that person went, "I am never going to use." Know
1: this what probably happened? What? They accidentally got a waffle cone maker when they meant to get them a waffle maker. Uh, maybe. And the person was like, I don't need waffle
0: cones. Someone opened it and it was like... And they
1: hadn't heard of the glory that is waffles, so they didn't know what they were missing out on.
0: Who doesn't need a waffle cone maker?
1: I don't know. People who don't know how to live right.
0: I guess. I'm really excited about the idea of actually making a waffle cone, let alone um, the waffle. I'm
1: kind of an expert because <laughs> I used to work at Cold Stone Creamery. All right. Um, and I will tell you yeah. that those poor children who work at Goldstone Creamery are making those waffles, those waffle cones and waffle bowls. And you know how they do it? They just burn the shit out of their hands all day. That's how they do it.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, why Why do you got to burn your hands? Isn't there a tool to get the waffle? Oh, you got to roll You got
1: to do it when it's hot.
0: Oh.
1: You just do it until you don't feel it so much. <laughs>
0: I just realized I'm gonna have a terrible time making waffle
1: yeah. cones. It's not easy because of that, but there are kind of ways to get around it. If you get like a one of the paper,
0: like yeah,
1: cone shapes, you can use that to shape it. Okay. So you don't have to handle it so much. There's ways. Okay. There's things we could
0: do. Maybe like put it on tinfoil and use that as a barrier in between you and the waffle.
1: We'll see how it works. Okay. Yeah. If not uh, (laughs) I'll just build my calluses back up.
0: (laughs) As our listeners can tell, our lives are very exciting right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is exciting.
1: I didn't have to pay thirty five dollars for a waffle cone maker. That
0: is pretty cool. I found
1: it for eight.
0: In a true Midwest fashion. We had to talk about what it cost.
1: How cheap it was. It's impressive. It is now, this impressive. this might not be universally impressive, but if you're from the Midwest, you have to talk about it. You
0: like bargains. If you're from the Midwest, you love a good bargain.
1: Because you don't have a choice. The economy has been crippling around you since you were born.
0: You live in a rusting shithole and you found <laughs> something for $6 that's really good. Yeah. you got to talk about be it. Be proud
1: of it. Yeah. Everyone in your immediate vicinity understands. <laughs> right. Brag a little bit.
0: Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's mostly it. That's mostly our newer business, newish business. Yeah. Uh, not very risky
1: business. Not,
0: <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> uh, I
1: I think we might be ready for a game.
0: I'm ready to play a game.
1: You're ready to play a game?
0: I like games, damn it.
1: Well, that's good news.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. You want to play Trues and Fuse?
1: I thought that's what we'd play. All right, let's do it.
0: You need to tell me, you need to tell me, you need to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me It's time for truth and truth. To Time to play truth and Time to play truth play, play. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing a Famous game, a famous, game a famous game, the game that's taken the internet by storm it's time for truth and truth truth a Merv Griffin production. Okay. All right. It's time.
1: It's time for Trues in News. This is a game where I'm going to tell Dave three headlines. Two are false news stories. One is a true news story, and he has to figure out which is which. I've never done this before. I know.
0: I started. Wa- I was watching with fascination. I'm like, is she gonna do it? You're like, I'm it's like a tightrope. Trying. I've done it's this so many so times now. It's hard. Like, It's like a tightrope. You could fall off at any syllable.
1: Oh, it's so difficult. Yeah. Try I'm gonna again? practice. No, okay. I'm just gonna leave it a mess, and I'll try again next time. Okay, fine. I'll practice some more next time. <laughs> Anyway, are you ready? I am
0: super ready to play Trues and news.
1: Okay. First headline. Yes. Wedding llama falsely accused of eating bride's veil. Llama's trainer responds, our llamas are professionals.
0: <laughs> okay, that has, that has the ring of the truth, I have to say.
1: <laughs> Second headline. Mm-hmm. Despite its use as an idiom to refer to areas of study considered to be a waste of time and money... Underwater basket weaving has become a lucrative career.
0: Okay. (laughs) Thirdly, Um, that one's fishy to me, big time. (laughs) Big time.
1: Deer poacher sentenced to watch Bambi every month during a year in a Missouri jail.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So I love those last two, but I have my, I'm leaning towards the first one. I want to hear them again.
1: (laughs) Okay. Wedding llama falsely accused of eating bride's veil, llama's trainer responds, our llamas are professionals.
0: (laughs) I love that so much.
1: (laughs) Despite its use as an idiom to refer to areas of study considered to be a waste of time and money, underwater basket weaving has become a lucrative career. And thirdly, deer poacher sentenced to watch Bambi every month during a year in Missouri jail.
0: I love the idea, but I don't think they can do that last one. I don't think you can set in somewhere that have to watch Bambi all the time. Um, and I don't believe anyone's making money on underwater basket weaving. So I got to go with the first one. That's my That's my gut. I'm going with my gut.
1: You are incorrect.
0: No, shut up. But there are <laughs>
1: elements of truth to it because you can rent llamas for your wedding. Yeah. And there was... An article I read about one of these places that does, like, they're therapy therapy llamas and alpacas. Okay. Like, so they are trained to be very well behaved. And the trainer did say, our llamas are pros. (laughs) Okay. But it wasn't, no one accused them of eating anything.
0: Okay, so no llama ate no No,
1: no, it was just them being like. Are these are professional party llamas?
0: I knew there was some truth in there somewhere. It just felt too real. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, there are always elements of truth. Those are where the best lies come from.
0: It has to be the second one, then, right?
1: <clears throat> no. Shut up. A deer poacher what? was sentenced to watch Bambi every month during a year in Mir- Missouri jail. No
0: way. Yep. I didn't even think they could do that.
1: I didn't know that either, but apparently they could, the judge can do whatever he fucking wants. I guess
0: this wherever this judge is, he's in like a small town where no one's going to challenge him.
1: Yeah, and I feel like he was just really fed up. I feel like the judge is probably a hunter. Yeah? Because it seems like what they were basically doing is killing a bunch of deer and taking their heads as like prizes and just oh. leaving the rest of the deer behind.
2: Oh, okay. Which
1: is... The, it's kind of a waste of a kill. The kilt. judge's argument was like, yeah, it's wasteful and it's like stealing from other people. Yeah. And I feel like this judge had probably gone out hunting a few too many times just to find like deers with their heads missing to be like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> and then he doesn't come home with the deer and he's like these fucking
0: poachers. I can't believe they could do that. I really can't. I'm I super mean, stunned. the
1: judge kind of gets the final word on sentencing.
0: Wow, but so, to make someone watch Bambi over and over again.
1: Once a month for the year that he's in jail.
0: <sighs> I'm just stunned. Yeah. The legal system truly is complex.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to do anything for that person.
0: But what if it does? What if it like breaks his heart and he has like all these feelings he doesn't know what to do with? Maybe. And then like the, when he's out he like has a communion with nature and he's like I I see the error of my ways. I'm sorry I did this to you, Bambi.
1: <laughs> sorry I cut your mother's head off and <laughs> left her in the woods.
0: <laughs> I don't expect that to happen either, but it is a thought.
1: <clears throat> it is a thought. Also, I wanted to talk <clears throat> about the second one. Okay. <clears throat> so, let's talk about underwater basket weaving.
0: I've heard of this before as like a college course or something.
1: It's always it's been an idiom like i said used to refer to like yeah classes that aren't gonna take you anywhere or that are kind of stupid yeah what i always thought of as underwater basket weaving i thought the person was probably like underwater and weaving, weaving baskets basket. <clears throat> what that actually refers to yeah is that in order to weave baskets out of like reeds or something you need to keep it supple yeah. so you put the materials underwater And you keep it wet so you can actually do the weaving. So that's what underwater basket weaving really means. But it has long long been, like, I think, misinterpreted as people being underwater and weaving baskets because it's funnier.
0: I think on purpose as kind of like an anti-intellectual, like, colleges are useless kind of thing. But there's a twist. Okay.
1: Uh, There are colleges that actually offer these classes, including Rutgers.
0: I didn't realize that Rutgers?
1: Yes. And um I saw a video. You could snorkel or you could
0: scuba. <laughs> <clears throat> Wait, you actually do you have to get you into the water
1: or underwater weaving a basket.
0: That they is, showed video. That does seem useless. But Can't you just do it so in a tank
1: it, it with isn't, your hands? It isn't a class that is for credit. Like it seems like a pass fail class. Okay. But they do get something useful out of it because you learn how to either use scuba or snorkel. Like, you are getting something useful out of it. Okay. You're getting familiar with doing that.
0: And you can weave.
1: And you learn how to weave a basket. And you have a product at the end of the class.
0: You have a soggy old basket when you're done.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems like you need that. And you need it to be wet. So you could actually do the weaving I'm doing a weird spinny hand motion <laughs>
0: yeah, here This is what weaving looks like <laughs> Just you waving your hand around <laughs>
1: It's like I'm mixing food In a bowl <coughs> with, with my hand, hand. Like yeah. my hand is the mixer um, But yeah, it's a class that you could take at Rutgers
0: I am I knew that they offered it as a class And I feel like the reason that this gets trotted out As an example Is that it sounds so useless <clears throat> Yes. And it's probably the weaving a basket underwater is probably not a skill you need for your whole life, but there's other no. skills that are legitimate that you pick up there.
1: Yeah, and but also it's like kind of offensive to people who weave baskets. <laughs> right? Like yeah. you're saying that's useless like Yeah. It there's use for the arts.
0: I guess I'll just be taking that basket back then. Yeah. Guess you didn't need it. Cuz you
1: guess you didn't need my basket that I wove underwater. <laughs> That I used wet techniques to craft.
0: That's so strange.
1: Yeah, there's truth in all of these.
0: But at least you learned to scuba, and boy, in that and
1: or snorkel. (laughs) It was just a video of a bunch of people sitting on the bottom of a pool with either scuba gear or like a snorkel and weaving. Bath. It was great. It was exactly what you wanted it to be.
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I'll have to show you that video later.
0: Well, you stumped me, and you stumped me twice. And I'm I'm right sore about it.
1: <laughs> right sore. Yeah. I'm glad that the llama got you.
0: Llama got me. Didn't see Bambi coming. <laughs> no idea.
1: Yeah. They never do. Yeah. Never do well, see it's good, that Bambi it's coming. That a good
0: one. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah, you should be. So let's move on. Let's talk all about our right. middle seggy. Our right. mi- a middle segment here.
1: So um in true me fashion, yeah. I've been listening to a new podcast. Uh-huh. I told you about it the other day a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I've since been listening to more. Um the reason I started getting into it is because like I mentioned my favorite murder all the time. And I think they mentioned it on one of their episodes. And I had seen in one of the Facebook groups I'm in related to My Favorite Murder, someone posted an update about stuff going on with a case that the Teacher's Pet Podcast is about. Okay. So I was like, it was before I listened to the episode where they referenced it. And I was like, oh, okay, what's that all about? And then I listened to that episode and was like, okay, well, I should listen to this. So... Teacher's Pet is about a cold case that took place in Australia uh, where a woman named Lynn or Lynette went missing in the, like, 80s, early 80s, I think. Okay. And there was a lot of suspicion around it, but the investigation didn't really seem to ever happen. Usually in these missing persons cases... The first person you would investigate is a significant other. Yeah, right. In the household. And the significant other was what they call a footballer. A footballer okay. in Australia. Okay. Is not a soccer player.
0: Uh, Really?
1: They play rugby. Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: Man, Australia mixing it up.
1: Yeah. So their football is rugby, which mm. makes sense. It's, yeah. it's close to American football. It's close to what we call football. I can understand that. So yeah. um, he was a footballer, as was his twin brother. And they were the the whole podcast, the whole time just talks about how freakishly close these brothers are. And it does, they do provide evidence to say that they do seem closer than other twins. Okay. Um, is, They seem it, to kind of have like mean? a they kind of have like a competitive relationship with each other, but they are, they've always lived near each other. Like one of them will build a house and the other one will build a house right next door. Like they are always together. They were both teachers. They worked at the same school. They demanded to be on the same rugby teams when they played rugby. Okay. Like all this stuff. That's so weird. Yeah. it. One of my favorite parts about this podcast is that one detective who later starts investigating the case, um, he is trying to bring up the point that, like, no, you, no, you guys are, like, weirdly close.
0: <laughs> like, he's saying this to them directly.
1: Like, there's a trial. And it's basically, um, they call it a coroner's inquest. Uh-huh. But it's essentially to determine if there is basis to take it further, okay, and to try to like,
0: yeah, like to basically make the case go to have a an trial. actual trial.
1: It's kind of like maybe like a grand jury, okay, in the United States. So, um, they have this coroner's inquest, and they, the brothers hire this lawyer, but he's their other brother. They have their other brother defend them.
0: Okay. That's um, even weirder.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a strange <clears throat> circumstance. Weird and, family. Yeah, they are. And he. so he's questioning this detective and trying to like undermine his detective work and stuff. And he's bringing up the point that, like, oh, your investigation talks an awful lot about how close they are and all this stuff. I don't see why that's important, blah, blah, blah. He's like, how do you know, you know, that's not normal? He's like, have you done investigations into, like, twins and and what's normal and all that? And he's like, I have, actually. Yeah. He's like, yeah, and also I'm a twin, so I have some experience in that. damn. And they're like, the brother's lawyer is like are you close with him then? And he's like, no, he lives like 500 miles away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no,
1: so I'd say no, we're we're not
0: that close. And it was just great. What? That he's like, (laughs) this is like a bizarre, you couldn't, you couldn't write this. Yeah. How strange all these coincidences are here. Yeah. It was
1: great that he could just be like, no, I'm a twin. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not freakishly close with my twin. Yeah. Um, And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just used as a basis to prove, like, hey, like, you are probably aware of things and you guys had this weird competitive relationship where you're both doing shit that's bad and,
0: like. Shit that's bad?
1: There was a lot of stuff that they both were doing, like um, their teachers and having inappropriate relationships with schoolgirls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: That's another thing that comes up in the podcast is that there was a huge problem with that in the 70s in some particular schools in Australia. Like it was a huge issue. And that's something they're trying to get prosecuted now too. Like they're trying to bring that to trial as well and get some justice for people who are now like in their 50s and still suffering the consequences of having dealt with this when they were in like high school. So it's an interesting podcast. It's heavy. um,
0: It sounds heavy. But
1: it's getting to the point where they're now possibly going to get some justice for Lynn and her family and her daughters. So Hmm. that's all very good that it's happening. It's shitty that it's 2018.
0: Yeah, this happened in the 70s.
1: I think her actual disappearance was, I want to say, like, 82 or 83.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's taken, like, 35 years or something to get this resolved. Yeah, and this is
1: not the first investigation into it. There's been multiple, but for whatever reasons, there's been multiple coroner's inquests, and they all have said, there's enough here. You should do something about this, and nothing was ever done.
0: Gosh, you know, when stuff like this happens, you usually assume, like, okay, someone influential or powerful is, like, jamming the brakes on stuff.
1: Well, the brothers, because they were footballers, had relationships with members of the police department. Uh Uh-huh. And in the original investigation that was done, uh, Chris, who is the accused brother, um, even name drops. Multiple police officers, and one in particular who said he's been informing him of, oh, what's the word he used? Um... Basically, like, procedure. He's been informing him of of procedure.
0: Okay. so like, like, how to handle He's giving him, like, an inside line into, like, how to deal with the thing from his side.
1: And, like, he says this in his investigation. It's, like, all very clear that no one, the police didn't want to hear any other story except for the one they were fed by him. Yeah. And it really seemed to look into it.
0: So. God, that's terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the the biggest thing the that it just seems such a shame that no one looked into it was like everyone in her life knew how much she loved her daughters. It took them a really long time to have kids. They were actually starting the process to adopt when she, as they call it, fell pregnant, which is my favorite expression.
2: Right.
1: Um, But she wasn't – she hadn't been able to have kids. They'd been trying for many years. And then finally had kids, two daughters. I think the oldest was four when she disappeared. And the claim, Chris's claim is just that she'd had enough. Their marriage wasn't working and she just left and maybe joined a cult, maybe joined like some weird religious group. And she just went away and left her daughters and her whole family and him and everyone. Hmm. And... Yeah, even someone who doesn't know her or the case, like, that's suspicious.
0: Yeah, it's a really fishy thing, and, like, it and would, be, it would everyone, be surprising.
1: everyone around her was like, she loved her daughters to death. Like, yeah. she would never do that. She considered them miracles because she didn't think she was going to be able to have them in the first place. And then she did. And her family is incredibly close-knit, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, her mom and dad were still alive when she left. It's like... This wasn't a life she would just leave behind, right. without saying anything. It just was didn't didn't seem like that was her character, but it just the investigation just kept going nowhere, and no one really seemed to be concerned for a long time that hey that's fishy right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> um,
1: a devoted mom just leaves her kids with no trace and doesn't use her her cards or her money from her bank accounts or doesn't take anything with her yeah (laughs) like all this stuff is pretty glaring
0: yeah those are really really good reasons to suspect foul play
1: they still haven't found her body and that's one of the big things that's been used is like well nobody no case and that's just not true yeah right if there's enough evidence you can still prosecute so yeah yeah so things are actually happening with that now and I suggest you listen to that podcast. It's called Teacher's Pet. It's really well done, and they interview a lot of people in her life, and uh, they have recordings of like former interviews and quotes from people, and it it's really really good stuff.
0: I might have to listen to this.
1: I think you'd like it. I probably it's would. like all these other cold case kind of podcasts, right? And it's nice to see things actually being done about them.
0: Yeah. So often these things don't actually turn up anything new.
1: Yeah. It's like I feel like the only times – well, not the only times, but the times that they're really useful is when it was so long ago that we now have much better technology and there happens to be evidence that's still intact that we can re-investigating using the new technology we have. Yeah. Um, re-investigate. I don't know why I said investigating. You let me go. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to let you slide.
1: Um, I won't. And then the other time that it it happens is when it's something like this, when it was just kind of like bumbled and other people come around later and are like, okay, but like this wasn't really looked into. Yeah,
0: right. Like people are not satisfied. Yeah. People want a full investigation, especially when things are fishy. If things are really fishy and no one's ever actually charged or anything like that, it just doesn't sit well with people. It doesn't sit well with the community.
1: A lot of times I I was involved in a cold case investigation once. Mm -hmm. And in the case that I was involved in, it was – It was not either of those two things. It was just one of those things of like everyone was still really invested in it. Yeah. There were police still looking into it. They had done a good job with the original investigation. Yeah. It was just the fact that the evidence just wasn't there. There just wasn't enough. They were pretty sure they knew who it was and there just wasn't enough to go on. And sometimes that's the case and it's really shitty. We actually got to meet the family members of the victim and it was really, really hard. I bet. It was very sad because obviously they still, they want resolution and you want to give that to them. And in the case where like you just can't go any further because there's just nothing else to do because you have done everything right and you've exhausted all of your current options, that's upsetting. But luckily it seems like in the case of teacher's pet, there was more to be done yeah, and uh, the people involved with the podcast, and a lot of other people who knew Lynn, um, were very dedicated to pushing this forward and doing something about it. So
0: it's nice to see something good coming out of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I hope hope that all turns out well.
0: Well, on that yeah. very cheery note, <laughs> it's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, why don't we uh, take ourselves a break here And we'll come back with the main segment for the episode We're going
1: to go eat our feelings <laughs> Or not, I don't know, maybe we'll see. I'm probably going to have a slice of buttered bread Because that's my feelings
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay uh, We will take a break We'll be back with the main segment for this episode Alright Stick around Back and we are sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleepy. Woo. Yeah, I don't I'm, know if you're sleepy.
1: I'm a normal amount of sleepy mm. for this time of the day and this time of the week. Yeah, I had the day off, so I'm not too bad.
0: Yeah, I also had the day off, but I'm still sleepy.
1: I was woken up by screams this morning the, at three in the morning, That's and then funny. I ended up getting up at like eight thirty in the morning. So I didn't let myself sleep in, but yeah. I'm okay.
0: I'm well, not too tired. <clears throat> in the interest of getting this show on the road. Let's do this thing. All Um, right. So, what I am going to be talking about today,
1: I don't know because um, we're choosing our own topics.
0: Right. Uh, So, this is one that this is real funny, actually. I had been looking into this a little bit. uh, I've been reading about this, and then we got an email from Laura. I don't know if you saw the email.
1: No, I need to re put our email address on my phone.
0: Okay. uh, so I I intercepted this email from Laura.
1: If you didn't intercept it, it's <laughs> but, our uh, email.
0: <laughs> but uh, it was in regards to what I'm going to be talking about, which is uh, it's an environmental disaster in Niagara, New York. OK. Uh, and it's funny that she mentioned it because I had been reading an article on uh, like President Nixon the other day for I don't know why. And mm, he was not a crook. Uh, but then it sort of connected through him and then looking at other past presidents and then through, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter. And then I ended up on this particular disaster, which I had never heard of before. Um, uh, and it is, it is the disaster at Love Canal, New York.
1: Okay. That sounds familiar.
0: It actually is kind of a big deal. Um, and it, uh, it led to some big changes in environmental policy, but, uh, it's just funny that she happened to message us about this, and I thought, well, okay, let's take this one on. Um, so let me just get us started, where it begins. Um, <clears throat> this is, again, it's in the Niagara Falls area mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, in 1890, a, uh, a a guy named William T. Love, who is a railroad entrepreneur, uh, dreamed up what he thought of as like a, a sort of a, like a perfect – Town, like a test town, kind of like a model town.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, something that he wanted to create that would be like the model urban city with parks and residences and shopping and clean hydroelectric power generated through a dug in canal between the upper and lower Niagara rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it became known as the Love Canal. Uh, work began four years later. Or-
1: also, the love canal, depending on how you want to say it.
0: I can't even say it without thinking that. it's just. It's, <laughs> I, I knew this is going to be. It
1: sounds dirty.
0: It sounds dirty. Thank you. It's not just me.
1: <laughs> no, it's your perverted girlfriend, too. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they basically started work on this, like, in 1894. Hmm. Right? <clears throat> um, they... They were beginning to dig this canal and, and, you know, intended to do all the city planning around it and all that. But more or less, the the panic, the markets panicked in 1893. Mm -hmm. And so any financing that they had already secured kind of dried up. Like people just weren't that interested in the project anymore.
1: You know what I like? Hmm. I like the whole, let's dig the canal now and do the city planning around it later yeah. approach. It well, seems good. It seems the
0: way you should do it, the, right? The thing is, if the if the canal actually had gone in, it seems like a smart idea. Like, you can mm-hmm. divert river water to power, like, hydroelectric energy generation. I'm just generation. saying,
1: usually you do the planning... Before you start the digging?
0: I think they had some ideas. I'm not really sure exactly how extensive their plans were, but the canal was the big deal. Like, it was going to be the hub. Everything had... It had to exist before the rest of it could exist. Okay. Um, so... But, yeah, backers pulled out. The project basically was abandoned. And, like, for the next 20 years or so, the canal that they had kind of dug out started to fill up with water, and it was like a swimming pond and a skating pond for people in the area, more or less. Not much more than that. Um... There were lots of nearby residences, not right along the thing, but close enough that people took advantage of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but eventually, by the 1920s, the municipality, you know, like Niagara, started using it just as like a landfill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, it's, part of this whole story is the industrial boom in Niagara at this time. Uh, like, across the early 20th century, Niagara is a hub for a lot of industrial growth, and in particular chemical innovation
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um it's interesting to me i guess like you take some of these things for granted but there was such a huge boom in chemical innovations they even called like the producers chemical genies (laughs) and uh you know like advertisers would like advertise chemicals and like uh like uh, like in magazines, and you'd have these like uh, sort of like uh, sort of like you'd see in a magazine for like a pharmaceutical <laughs> ad. You'd have those just for chemicals and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's reminding me of um, <clears throat> the show Mrs. Maisel, and the one character works at a place that sells chemicals and stuff.
0: Yeah, this is like a serious chemical boom, um, <clears throat> specifically early twentieth century, right?
1: Chemicals, we need more of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we've we've got them, and they want uh, them. Ah, yes,
1: back in the day when. People weren't afraid of chemicals. They loved them and wanted more. It
0: was magic. (laughs) Chemical magic. Hmm. Um, So companies like Union Carbide and Dow and all that are set up there and making a lot of money, right? Mm. And in particular, one company in 1942, uh, the Hooker Chemical Company. So now we've got Love Canal and Hooker.
1: like the sound of that. Right? Um, (laughs) So in 1942. I like... When sex workers diversify, that's all I'm saying.
0: All right. What? They got
1: to get into the chemical <laughs> business just like everybody else. All right. I know <laughs> some guy's last name.
0: I don't know who. I, I'm sure there's some guy named Hooker.
1: There's name. many guys named Hooker, I'm sure.
0: Um, There is. So 1942. This is like, you know, many years after the whole thing. Um. The, after the the project fell apart But they're looking for a an area to dispose of chemical waste Right And it turns out a lot of people have this problem A lot of the chemical companies have this problem um, They basically eventually buy uh, The well, well at first they're just given permission to dispose of a bunch of barrels uh, in this canal Right <laughs> I like that they're given permission to do it. Well, yeah, because it's already a landfill sort of, you know, and so they're just now they're just putting these 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 giant 55 gallon drums of chemical waste Mm -hmm. in this dugout canal. Mm -hmm. And they they first they line it with clay and they, they drain it and they line it with clay and then they, you know, pack in barrels and then they'll cover them up with, you know, like more clay and stuff like that. It's like in an attempt to contain it. You know what I mean? Um. But eventually, they buy the site outright from the city in 1947 uh, as their private landfill. Uh, and they dumped basically 21,800 short tons of chemicals.
1: What's a short ton?
0: I thought this was interesting. I even noted, I, I, I didn't know about the different tonnages or what, what, what tons are. So I guess a short ton is just 2,000 pounds, the long ton is 2,240 pounds. In England, apparently, you, if you say a ton of things, you mean 100 of them. Okay. Uh, and uh, in uh, uh, the the Dutch refer to a ton of money. When when they say that, they mean 100,000. Hmm. So I learned about a whole bunch of different kinds of tons.
1: Hmm.
0: Kind of interesting. interesting.
1: I like to think I'm a short ton.
0: Amy, <laughs> am <laughs> a short ton.
1: I'm made of 2,000 cutes.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> the The Hooker Chemical Company uh, Was burying these Barrels like 20 to 25 Feet deep right Which seems mm-hmm. deep seems deep enough um, The The kicker for all of this is that The population boom of this time Means the land is still considered Desirable for development mm-hmm. Even though They're burying chemical waste 25 Feet uh-huh. deep it's still like there's limited land.
1: They're like, yeah, I don't see a problem with this.
0: <laughs> I mean, and they're covering it up. It's fine. My right?
1: other thing I like about that is I don't know why they think the deeper they bury it, the better it is. It's, you're just closer to groundwater when yeah, you do that. <laughs> like, you're like
0: sandwiching it in the water you're table. You're just
1: like asking for the barrel to corrode and for it to go straight into the water supply. But no
0: one wants to look at it.
1: They didn't think about that at the time. No,
0: not really. And they just had so much damned waste to get rid of, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, more or less, a few years later, the Niagara Falls School Board comes along to talk to the company about this land, right?
1: Um, Do do you have some free land with lots of chemicals under the (laughs) ground that we could use?
0: You see, we'd like to build a school. This is not a joke. (laughs) We'd
1: like to poison a ton of children. And by that, I mean 100,000.
0: Yeah, the, the Dutch definition. The Dutch definition. We want to poison all the kids, as many kids as possible. Um, yeah, it seems good. So when they're approached, you know, by the school board, the company thinks this is a really attractive proposition. Um, their calculation is that there's talk of more houses being built around this site now, right? Uh, if they can offload this property now to someone else at this point with the provision that they're not responsible in the future for any waste <laughs> oh, leakage, geez. then now's the time to do it, right? While while they really want the land, give it to them with that in mind.
1: I am loving that they have the forethought to be like, this is potentially going to be a problem. Let's wash our hands of it and <laughs> give it away before we really have to deal with it.
0: Striking while the iron's hot.
1: I have a question. What's that? This doesn't have anything to do with Aaron Brockovich, does it?
0: I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean Aaron Brockovich had to do with like contaminated water. Yeah, and stuff I just like couldn't that.
1: remember where that was. I didn't know if it had to do with this story or if this was a different
0: think, a different
1: I'm, town where this happened because we know there's lots of that.
0: Yes. I think it's a different town. Okay. I don't think Aaron just, Brockovich had anything to do with this. Just curious. Um, <laughs>
1: that Aaron Brockovich, she gets around. Good question, She does though. lots of, not in a bad way. <laughs> in a law way.
0: She gets around in like a being an attorney-ish way. Yeah. Or whatever being she In like did.
1: cracking down on the environmental stuff.
0: Yeah. But uh, I don't think she had anything to do with this.
1: <clears throat> okay, just
0: curious. Uh, so in the end, what they did was they do sell the property to the school board, Right. They sell it to him for (sighs) one dollar in 1953.
1: Tisk, tisk, tisk.
0: There is a legal guarantee in the contract that the school board can't hold them responsible if anything (sighs) happens with the waste.
1: Okay, so baby, if you (laughs) see a line on the contract that says something like, blah, 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 poisoning kids, it's not our fault, buddy, (laughs) read a little closer. It's just not
0: wise. They were super aware. That's the thing is they were super aware what the land had been used for, you know?
1: That makes me so angry. It makes me angry,
0: too uh but it, it's what they did <laughs> doing a
1: lot of weird voices today
0: <laughs> you are um
1: but yeah no it is, I'm amusing myself
0: it's angering that anyone would think to build a school on top of all this
1: yeah and the fact that they know that the company they're getting the land from wants to distance themselves from the inevitable consequences yeah. that they clearly see coming
0: huge red flag like Sh- should have stopped the deal
1: do you you clearly don't care about the kids yeah because you know what's there and you know that they're concerned about the future of what's there and they don't want to deal with it. So they're passing it off to you. And you're like, that's fine. Let's put some kids on top of it.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's just put our youngest and most vulnerable on top of a, a pile of toxins. For like five hours a day, at least yeah. every day. Uh, so that all that happens in 53, <clears> right? <throat> 1954, they start excavating for the school site. The school board's architect noted to the school board that it would be a poor policy to build the school in the area that they were building in. The workers discovered two dump sites filled with drums right where they were building. And this...
1: Also, okay, let's remember that this wasn't just chemicals before that it had been used as a landfill yeah so the school board is like you know where we should build our build our new school <laughs> in that old dumping ground that has all the chemicals in it that and all the garbage shit hole.
0: yeah that poisonous there, shit there's hole. probably
1: some used needles there the kids <laughs> will love it
0: it's it really seems short-sighted but it was also like again land is limited right this area there had built had up a lot
1: to be somewhere else
0: <laughs> i know it's it seems thoughtless um, i don't think it just seems thoughtless yeah i think it was very thoughtless the thing that alarms me is how the architect didn't know exactly what was located where they were digging right like what do you mean they went to dig the foundation and were surprised to find to two like storage dumps of barrels, which suggests to me they weren't even really that sure where the barrels were on the property. They just, do you know what I mean? They were alarmed to find them.
1: I doubt the chemical company kept great records of where they buried them. And uh, yeah. sure, they told the school board, but might not have told them how many yeah. or precisely where. And who knows how much information the school board passed on to the architect.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, I think there must have been some breakdown in communication there because because they were surprised.
1: It's also shitty because what happens if those barrels broke open when they were excavating? Yeah, right. Like that could have been very dangerous to the people doing the work. Yeah, it could have.
0: But either way, what happens is he informs the school board it's not a good idea to build here. So what do they do?
1: You know, it was the darndest thing. We were digging for your new school, and we found about twenty-five barrels of toxic chemicals. And I just think maybe it's not so good to build here. Yeah.
0: Just if you guys don't mind, can we not build on the toxic? And, like, they, and right they were on like, the toxic "You know what?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We forgot to tell you about those." No, mm-hmm. it's fine. Keep going.
0: No, you know what they did. This is great. They did move it eighty feet north. No. <sighs> <laughs> Good enough and uh, they had to relocate the playground too cuz that was going to be right on top of where the the poison barrels were so they had to relocate that but it's finally moved it 80 feet north. Yeah, they they
1: also moved <laughs> they also moved the playground 80 feet north where the barrels were now. <laughs> yeah, right
0: to a different pile of garbage.
1: Oh jeez.
0: Um this is just so stupid. It's really it's it just the thing is, I maybe there's something I'm missing, but it seems what you're missing. Oh, so stupid! What we're
1: missing is that this is now the 1950s, but up until this point, we have been through the Industrial Revolution, right?
2: Yeah.
1: We don't know the aftermath of this yet. Yeah. Right. Now it seems obvious and stupid,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't know. They've never had access to this many chemicals. They've never been exposed to it. They've yeah. never seen the effects of some it. Some
0: brand new things that had never been <clears> synthesized <throat> before.
1: Yeah. And even at this point in the 1950s, they probably don't know like that there are some chemicals that are caustic. And like even if you work around them every day, that they, you'll get cancer or breathing mm-hmm. problems or... All kinds of shit. They probably haven't really even started to see the effects of that yet. Yeah. So to be fair to them, they probably just don't know. But also, someone suspected because they were trying to distance themselves from it. So they're not free.
0: The chemical company had a pretty good idea, I think. Yeah. I think it's why they were so insistent on this no liability thing.
1: Yeah. And if I'm a member of the school board, even if I am very ignorant about chemicals and Their effects and all that. If I see a clause like that in the contract, I'm going to go like, okay, but why are you so eager to get rid of this and not have liability?
0: Yeah. Well, they got it for a dollar. So,
1: woo! (laughs) So, fuck those future cancer (laughs) kids.
0: Yeah, right. Sign them up! It's, like I said, maybe there's something I'm missing, but it just seems so dumb.
1: I just think it is... Lack of forethought, lack of concern, Mm -hmm. lack of knowledge of the chemicals and side effects. Right. And lack of care because they got on the cheap.
0: Yeah, I think that's right.
1: Lots of things. Lacking in a lot of ways.
0: So they keep building, by the way. Mm, Of course. The school area is the only area that is specifically... That the chemical company really warns them about and, and makes clear to them as part of this no liability deal, right? Like, this area is big enough that there's room for a bunch of development, but only that area was, like, where people thought that there was waste.
1: Wait. Right. You're telling me that this area was big enough for lots of development. Yeah. But the school board was like, no, no, we went directly on top of the poison well, barrel.
0: OK, so it's like it's like a narrow strip sort of in the middle. And then there's lots of room on the sides. But the school, for some reason, they thought would be fine. to Yes, exactly. It seems so dumb. <laughs> but what happens after this is this. The, so now the school board is in possession of this big plot of land. And they only needed so much for the school. So now they sell it out. Lots
1: of poison land.
0: They sell it out and they sell it to you know home developers and stuff. And the city builds sewers and stuff. And they set up to flank the area with houses. Right? Mm. So um, I want to see. I can't remember if I noted how many. Yeah. So they basically developed a total of 800 homes and 240 low-income apartments. It's not a small area. Uh, they they put all that in. Um the, the Hooker Ch- Chemical Company specifically warned in their, whatever, quarterly, whatever, bleh, I don't know. They, they, they had issued a warning to the city that this was a bad idea as they were doing it.
1: But they were fine with the school.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, so during the construction of the sewer, the clay walls around the dump site are <clears throat> punctured. Which will allow rainwater in. And wastes to rush back out, right? Mm-hmm. Um this is noteworthy. The residents had no idea they were right next to and on top of uh these waste dumps. Yeah,
1: there should probably been have some there should probably have been some disclosure there.
0: Yeah. The residents had no idea. Um so anyway, it takes a little while before this all falls apart, but of course it does. You know where this is going, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lots of kids with eleven toes. <laughs> uh, well, there's something to that. Um, basically, I know how this stuff works. Years of this breach and the groundwater, you know, leaking in, did the initial damage. Uh, then eventually, something called the Lasalle Expressway is constructed across the area, like to the south of the area, mm-hmm. that um, restricts groundwater that had flowed out into the Niagara River so it basically traps a bunch of groundwater in. Right? Like normally this was a lot of groundwater was just flowing off. Okay. But now it's trapped in the area by the expressway.
1: Okay. So it's getting more and more concentrated with yeah. whatever water tables rising,
0: are there. you know, like like it's it's easier for water to permeate all of this. <clears throat> um and then for years afterward, people are reporting finding black puddles of oil or other colorful liquids springing out of their lawns and pooling oh. up in their basements. Ugh. Right? <laughs> like. Oh,
1: can you imagine if you, like, bought a house?
0: No. And I then can't. the next
1: thing you know, you're, like, in your basement and there's just, like,
0: oil, noxious chemicals. <laughs> noxious just chemicals. And you're, in. like, the fuck. Yeah. And that's what these people dealt with. I mean, this is. It it more or less had started to get really bad by, like, the, the early 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: people were... I'm surprised it even took that long.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, they had done... They had punctured that, you know, like, different areas by building the sewer. But it actually took a while for the water and the corrosion and all the leaking, like, all that to do its job, you know? Um. This comes to a head essentially in 1977 when a massive winter storm brings the water table high up enough to bring an unprecedented amount of sludge and vapors and all kinds of gunk up to the surface.
1: Oh, I had a real case of the vapors.
0: <laughs> yeah, Holtown has a case of the vapors. Uh, and a
1: case it, of toxic sludge.
0: It's so bad. Like, it sounds so bad. Like, reading about reading about this, I I can't imagine living there.
1: I'm, I'm making jokes, but I want to be clear. I'm not making jokes at the people who live there and how to deal with this. I'm sure. making jokes because of how absurd this all sounds now.
0: Yeah, right. And I'm
1: making jokes at the fucking chemical company and the school board and everyone Just who— Just the
0: big chain of idiots that allowed this to happen.
1: Yes. The it's long, unending expense, chain
0: of idiots. It's at
1: their expense and not the expense of the people who had to fucking deal with the aftermath without— Disclosure of what they were dealing with
0: So I want to jump a little bit ahead here (laughs) To some of the state's analysis of some of these Chemicals because there's multiple Environmental studies that take place Right some of them happen early on There are repeated follow up studies Uh, There's lots of data gathered about What's going on the effect on people there Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to kind of lump that all up Into like a summary here Okay. Um, The state's analysis had uh, Identified at Least 100 distinct Organic compounds among the most disturbing are benzene, which is a carcinogen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, lindane, which results in convulsions and raised white cell counts, <laughs> um, carbon tetrachloride, which can cause liver tumors, methylene chloride, which results in death. That's just what it said under the effects column. It said death
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and more. There's a lot of them. Uh the full list of effects of all of these chemicals include things like cancers, respiratory distress, paralysis, cardiac arrest, deafness, and more. Uh, it's really disturbing <laughs> because it's not just present in the water, it's in the air, too. It's like you can't even be in town without being subjected to this stuff. It's not even—it's not enough not to touch it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't get away from it.
1: It's like when all those people were complaining about being by the sriracha plant. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like breathing it in all the time.
0: Yeah, right. Like you can't even close your windows. And that was
1: delicious hot sauce.
0: And that was a delicious garlicky hot sauce that everyone can enjoy. Yes. Now imagine that it's poison sauce instead.
1: (laughs) And it doesn't even taste good.
0: It's really crazy. I mean, like, there's a huge number of effects of this stuff. Um, Other people actually estimated, I didn't write it down, but one author estimated there were more like 240 distinct compounds found hmm um, and someone else said more like 200 I don't know there's actually a weirdly broad range of estimates any on that.
1: any amount is too many
0: yeah right um, they,
1: these aren't <laughs> naturally occurring for the most part so no. it's too much
0: all this stuff is a huge aberration uh, yeah the uh, the state's report from 1981 years later would indicate a huge number of congenital birth defects. Uh, They noted clubbed feet, webbed toes, a boy with three ears, a girl born with one kidney, and a kid with a double row of teeth. Uh, Something like 12% of births in the areas that were near the water contamination in particular, like the lower lying areas, Mm -hmm. um, 12% of those births were... Affected by congenital birth defects. That's so high. The national average is 3 to 4%. Yeah,
1: that's like really bad. Yeah,
0: that's like at least four times as high as average. (sighs) Also, a really, really high number of of, uh, miscarriages in the area.
1: I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised.
0: Uh, The EPA administrator in charge of the region wrote of his time in the area that he could see uh quote corroding waste disposal. Drums could be seen breaking up through the grounds oh, of backyards, no. oh, like geez. just barrels just sticking out of the ground. Um, trees and gardens were turning black and dying. And children would return home from play with burns on their hands and faces. I
1: thought you were going to say children were also turning black and dying. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. It's awful.
0: But
1: sending your kid out to play and having them come home with chemical burns is pretty horrifying. Yeah,
0: right? Can you imagine the kids Jesus. run out into the field and they come back and they're just all red and, like, just, just burned. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, here's something you may find dispiriting. It took two to oh, three because this
1: has all been so peppy I, up I until now.
0: It, it took two to three years of community activism and this final big flare up for the federal government to actually do something about it.
2: hmm
0: Uh, but it's worth noting that when they did, they did step in in kind of a big way.
1: It's great that they did, but that shouldn't have <laughs> even needed to happen.
0: Again, it's just like. Attempting to like too fucking little too late. Yes, just like so much incompetence allowed this to happen.
1: And like, why did we have to yell at you for years and years and years to get it to happen? You didn't notice that 12% congenital birth defects, yeah, right? Kids getting chemical burns just trying to go out and play.
0: It like took the it took gathering the data to realize exactly how bad it was, but it was super obvious how how toxic it was to live here. Um. (sighs) So, anyway, in 1978, Jimmy Carter declares Love Canal to be a federal health emergency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he successfully secures funds and marshals the Federal Disaster Assistance Agency to assist Niagara Falls in fixing this problem. Uh, this includes logistical work like draining waste via trenches and like pulling it off out of the area and sealing off home sump pumps in basements as like mm-hmm. the first steps. Um.
1: Do you want to talk about what a sump pump is? Should I? Yeah, in case anyone doesn't know.
0: Do people not have them? Yes. I guess I don't have one.
1: Yeah, but like, sump pumps are a Midwest thing. Really? Flat areas. Pittsburgh, they don't have sump pumps. I had to explain sump pumps to
0: people in Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, in the interest of doing that, it's just a hole in your basement uh, that has a pump in it that just pushes the groundwater out through the sewer system. Yes. Before it can flood up and and fill your basement
1: if you live in a flat low-lying area like we do because we live in a valley yeah um you can get flooding very easily in your basement especially when there's a lot of precipitation very quickly yeah so during the winter or spring when there's lots of rain or lots of snow it can come the groundwaters rise and comes up in your basement so you have a special little pump yeah, that you put in a hole to keep that from happening.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the attempt is also just to dry out all the area <laughs> surrounding your house and your foundation. Yeah. You're just like clearing all that excess water out of the area, which mm-hmm. is better for your your basement and your foundation and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it also included Carter's involvement. Also included a legislative push. Uh, uh that would uh create the comprehensive environmental response compensation and liability act um what this is better known as is the superfund act uh it was not
1: to be confused with the superfund act not the same thing
0: no not at this all this was not that super was fun. mostly that was mostly balloons and uh, circus animals <laughs> this is uh much more serious yes um so in december 11th of 1980 the uh the Act is signed into law. The Love Canal becomes the first site on the list with others to immediately follow. Right. All right. The goal of this act was to legally hold responsible parties accountable for environmental damage and then either make them clean up the mess they made or for the EPA to clean up the mess and then seek damages via the Department of Justice. Right. Mm hmm. Um, It was... Heavily financed by attacks on producers of petroleum and chemicals, uh, at first, that more or less lapsed in the nineties, which should surprise no one because yeah. the, you know, um, that's just kind of been the story of, you know, environmentalism, hasn't it? Um,
1: all of a sudden the nineties happened. We, we forgot about it because the Satanists came.
0: It's amazing that it lasted through the eighties at all. Right. Yeah. Um, but the it, it uh yeah, so the super fund is actually kind of underfunded in recent years as a result. Mm-hmm. Um so the government did a lot of work to clean this area up. They did relocate waste, they did bulldoze homes. The whole the whole neighborhood is bulldozed and fenced off now. Uh residents were compensated for their relocation, put into new homes. But basically this area now exists as just a big wide field with some streets in it. That is surrounded by a fence that you can't go in
1: it has to be so creepy,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's well, there's pictures that you could just more or less see from the outside looking in, but it just kind of looks like a field it it's it's not so creepy, but it is weird that it's just there' just this big open field you can't go in right um,
1: I guess they bulldozed everything. I was kind of thinking like it still looked like. A neighborhood, just like completely abandoned. Yeah,
0: right. That'd be creepier. <laughs> like a... Like a ghost town.
1: Yes, that's the term I kept trying to think of, and it just wouldn't <laughs> come to me. Yes, like a ghost town.
0: Yeah, they, the fact that they wrecked it all kind of was quite yeah. better than if they had just let it sit there, be in a creepy ghost town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a
1: lot of kids would like challenge each other to go to the creepy ghost town.
0: Yeah, right. And then come back burned up all over the place.
1: Yeah, and have an additional toe, Or two. That's how congenital defects work, right? right? You just sprout them. You new just toe. sprout them. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, uh, so it would take 21 years for the government to declare this fully cleaned up.
1: And do they consider it fully cleaned up? Because they, it's just an area of town that's just barred from people going there.
0: Well yes uh they 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 basically closed the case on it they wrapped up the Superfund project on it in, in the early 2000s they consider it done
1: okay so they're like yeah probably still don't go there but like there's nothing more we could do
0: yeah now this is where i want to get back to <gasps> they're Laura. like
1: you guys have ruined this place thoroughly <laughs>
0: <laughs> like this is the end of the road this is just no man's <laughs> land now <laughs> jesus but this is where I want to come back to Laura sending this to us uh-huh. because she sent uh, also as as part of the, uh, you know, the information she sent an article from CityLab.com entitled The Toxic Blank Spots of Niagara Falls. And it is a really interesting read. Hmm. Um one thing that emerges from the article is that we are way far from done with uh, done done with dealing with the toxic effects of the chemical industry in Niagara.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and the ar- the article is actually really interesting too because it's it's not typed, it's not print, it's like these handwritten images. It's a, a long scrolling series of handwritten notes and little pictures and ser- things circled and watercolor and hmm. it's actually just. Like, aesthetically really interesting. Um, but it's, it covers more of the ongoing effects of this stuff that I didn't know about.
1: Well, also you have to figure that just because they washed – the the company chemical companies washed their hands of this particular area and signed it over to someone else, they still had chemical waste. Yeah. And they still had to be putting it somewhere and they clearly didn't give a fuck. No. So where was it going? It had to be going somewhere else. So I'm sure it's probably not the only part of town that they were doing this to.
0: Yeah, cuz that's that's exactly it is. We just we just did a long way around on one spot polluted by one company in one neighborhood, right? Yeah. But there's this just happened all over the place cuz there was a huge chemical industry there. Mhm. Um the there's still residents of the region suffering the effects of this uh, all over the the Niagara area. Uh, the article mentions that the toxic waste that they drained out of Love Canal, mm-hmm. they moved that to a new site. Ugh. And then again, they built houses right along it again.
1: So this is the problem with waste from companies like this and chemical waste is like there's no great way to deal with it you have to actually neutralize it yeah you can't just bury it yeah this is gonna happen over and over again i mean it and has happened over and over again
0: that's the thing is it does keep happening um it's so weird too like the article like i said it's titled the toxic blank spots of niagara falls and so i spent some time looking around After reading it, and it's true, like on the map, there's all these weird, empty dirt patches of irregular shapes all over the region. Some of them look like angry and red, and some of them just look like dusty and like nothing will grow there. But it's like all around there. There is a bunch of land that just looks, and I don't know how much of it is where things are buried but
1: Another thing that's like really scary is all of those chemicals on their own. That's already not good. But then you're putting together stuff. Yeah. Like who knows what it's some of those chemicals can do when they're mixed.
0: Yeah. Right. Like
1: <laughs> just, all these who knows barrels what just reactions rip open and were just
0: fucking happening. Just all smooshed together there. I hope they thought of that. Who knows. Oh, it doesn't seem like they thought about much. Well, plus, like, when they drained off waste from Love Canal, like, it already had leaked out of a ton of barrels. So it's already all mixed up in there. Yeah. Like, it's already just a big toxic soup. Um, <sighs> Again, incompetence. Um, One really noteworthy mention from this article was uh, a statement by Nancy Beck, who is the top deputy of the EPA's toxic chemical unit. Right. Mm hmm. She testified to Congress in early 2017 when she was still the Senior Director of Regulatory and Technical Affairs at the American Chemistry Council, um, which is like an industry, it's an industry group, Mm -hmm. um, that government regulation often comes as a response to something she calls, quote, phantom risks, end quote, of legacy chemicals. Uh, In other words, that we're over we're overestimating the dangers of these legacy <laughs> chemical sites and why bother relitigating them over and over again
1: no big deal yeah these kids
2: this is not a having thing having
1: birth defects and getting burned from playing and people it, getting cancer from drinking water yeah, like no big deal that's not
0: the majority opinion
1: yeah, like it continues to be a problem and continues to be litigated because it continues to cause issues.
0: Yeah. Major issues. Now, I mean, I don't have solid information. Major issues. Major issues. Uh, I don't have solid information on how much of this stuff is seeping out of the ground right now. Right? I don't it's know how the, often this happens. the
1: potential for yeah. it to happen and the fact that we've seen how bad it can be if and when it does. Yeah. So why even risk it?
0: It's just weird that she uses this phrase, phantom risks, to sort of, like, downplay... Yeah. Like, just very easily anyone's concern with these legacy sites. Like, I don't even think people know where they are. And, in fact, I'll get to that, but Laura wasn't aware of how close some some of it was to uh, TJ's folks' place. Like, the, the in-laws, like, up in that area. So, um... It's fascinating how much there, people probably they don't know. are from Buffalo? I think that they live, she said they live uh, a little bit uh, east of Niagara in a town that I am blanking on, uh, Lockport.
1: Okay. So. Um, I say like I know what that
0: is. It's just a town a little east of Niagara.
1: <laughs> yeah. I get it now.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, like this, I was concerned by this quote by Nancy Beck because she's an industry insider who is now in charge yeah, of regulating? Say, didn't
1: you say she's now in the EPA?
0: Yeah, she's now the toxic chemicals like like the head post in the EPA, like, and she doesn't think it's a big deal, which really bothered me. Um. So and and this is like part of a trend too. Like the the EPA was run until earlier this year by Scott Pruitt, who mm-hmm. stepped down in July because he was like being dogged by like fourteen ethics scandals, <laughs> right? And he's not an industry guy. He was uh. Oh, God, he was an attorney general for a state, I'm forgetting which one, and he stepped into the EPA role, and then just, like, immediately... He was known for a long time as a guy who was, like, anti-EPA, and then, of course, our president put him in charge of the fucking EPA, right?
1: Stop hiring people for the EPA who... Or against the EPA. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, who clearly find it to be a despicable thing. But, of course, their argument is they're reforming it from within and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I but
1: don't... it doesn't need to be reformed by people who hate it. Yeah, that's like, who
0: wish simply bad. to destroy it.
1: Don't, like, it's an oversight organization. Yeah. Don't hire people who are just going to glad hand the industry yeah. and let them do whatever the fuck they want. That's not the point of the EPA. Yeah. Like, that's not the point of oversight.
0: Yeah. I know, it's frustrating um, So the this article um, Mentioned a whole bunch of different sites Where toxic waste is still in the ground Throughout that region One of them in particular Was a bowling alley that Laura recognized um, Oh jeez that, That's uh, basically like Right around where TJ's parents live uh, It's like About a half an hour away from Love Canal Like Lockport is about a half an hour away From there And um, and she also mentioned in her email that she she knew they didn't drink the water there, but that's a lot of places. A lot of people don't drink their water, but maybe now,
1: <laughs> yeah, a even more, more understanding important. Why? So <coughs> I was just curious because I knew they had told me before that his family was from Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo is about thirty five minutes away from Niagara Falls. Yeah, so that makes sense. He probably that's a suburb of like Buffalo, the general Buffalo area that they just call it all. Buffalo like we call everything Youngstown because it's something people know. Sure. Makes sense. Uh,
0: So I checked some of the citations in this article, uh, some of the the things that it mentioned at the end of, of, you know, the claims of still poisoned places. Mm -hmm. There's one article from February uh, 9th of 2017 from the Niagara Gazette, and it mentions that bowling alley. Mm. In saying that the EPA intended to spend at least $8 million cleaning up that property because of the presence of radioactive slag underneath the parking lot.
1: Jesus. Yeah.
0: Um, Other like property owners in the area like homeowners were surprised in early 2017 to find their homes are ineligible for sale. Because radiation readings are five times higher than the background average. Oh no! Yeah, right. Like there was one guy who was like ready to sell his house, and then you
1: can't even get out from under it because yeah. like you can't even fucking sell it.
0: You can't even sell it.
1: <laughs> oh no! Which is
0: really upsetting, right? Like you're just stuck. I mean, he was told by someone, get a lawyer, and
1: yeah, you know, like, because someone owes him fucking money.
0: Yeah, because he, someone sold it to him. There's so many bad guys in this. There's just so many like invisible bad guys that allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that guy had radon and radiation, and the church across the street had radiation. The Jesus. EPA is showing up with like Geiger counters going, whoop, not good. Ugh. They just, let just happened. There,
1: there was, uh, there was a time when we didn't know how bad radiation was. Like during this whole mm-hmm. story, I've been thinking of this. Um, Ian,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, my ex-boyfriend Ian, he had a grand, well, two grandmas. They were twins, and well, his grandma and her sister were twins. And at one point, they like toured a radiation facility because they like they toured a plant.
0: Oh, like a nuclear, nuclear plant. Plant. Because okay. they
1: didn't know at the time how bad that was to be yeah. in such close vicinity. And so they like take a tour of it. Yeah. And she ended up having, getting cancer
0: later. The Atomic and, Age was jacked up with so yeah. much enthusiasm that it's just, it's wild to like how far people were willing to go with stuff like that and didn't realize how dangerous it was.
1: It's, it's just so wild to me that we, so much of the time we do, we get so excited about new things yeah. that we just, jump in with both feet and don't think about the consequences. And we still do
0: this. Yeah, we, yes, we do. This is like a fundamental human behavior. We're so it, enthusiastic. We just leap before we look.
1: hmm And then later down the line, sometimes eventually we go, oh, well, yeah, we should be more concerned. It Like another thing it reminds me of is like birth control. Mm-hmm. So for women, obviously, we have all kinds of birth controls out there a lot of them have side effects. And now they're trying to develop like birth control for men, yeah, other than just condoms. Mm-hmm. And it kind of keeps getting like slowed down and turned down because of all the side effects. Yeah. And the side effects are the same fucking ones. Yeah. They're not that different. Just it's m- just, just men, know, men that, don't want to take them. Well, yeah, and at one point <laughs> it was it was new. Yeah. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. And even today, though, if you're a woman and you take birth control and you experience these side effects, sometimes if you go to your doctor and you're like, hey, like, this is really bad, I'm experiencing this, they'll downplay it and be like, no, it's fine. Like, stay on it another month and see how uh, it goes.
0: check that hysteria box and send you out the door.
1: Yeah. when you're like, no, it's making me suicidal, I should maybe not. Yeah. Like... It's serious stuff. I don't blame men for not wanting to take yeah. something that gives you serious side effects. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... The
0: weird thing is how, like, how it's like...
1: We expect women to do it. Yeah. And back yeah. in the day, it was because we just jumped in. It was a new thing. And birth, the being able to control the births is great. Yeah. <laughs> but at what cost? And it's just with everything else we've been talking about. Yeah. Gung-ho... And then fuck the consequences until they really.
0: Right. Until they're unignorable. Until
1: people become loud about it.
0: Yeah. Um, Yes. (laughs) Get loud about it. (laughs) People. So a little final tie in here thing. Uh, I didn't do much more research on this part, but as I was researching, because I started to wonder why is everything radioactive too? Yeah. Like beyond just chemical stuff, but like high amounts of radon and radiation. Um and I I started to see more avenues for exploration that I didn't get to go totally down. But how about this one? The United States Department of Energy owns 191 acres of what used to be the Lake Ontario Ordnance Works, which is just a bit north of Niagara, where they are currently storing residual nuclear materials from the Manhattan Project. Oh jeez. Right? I didn't know that.
1: Are they storing them by putting them in barrels and burying them 25 <laughs> feet under I don't even ground? know. If,
0: they might just have a big pool they're dumping them in. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, I don't know. Like, there's... I could have researched that more, but I realized that's just a whole different avenue. That's
1: a whole other po- episode of the podcast.
0: Right. And I thought maybe I should do another one some other time about that. Like, what yeah. happened to all the Manhattan Project goo. Yeah. But anyway. um, Yeah, so...
1: Who's drinking all that radiation? <laughs> Someone's got to drink it to get rid of it.
0: Someone's got you put it in Sunny D. They'll take it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a lot of feelings about this after having researched it. And the main one is why the hell did we put all this toxic chemical stuff right next to Niagara Falls? <laughs> an international treasure. A beautiful ancient formation.
1: Because we're trying to bring Canada down with us. I
0: guess we are. (laughs) It's so crazy to me. Like,
1: and that was the other thing is like the the answer is because we didn't know. Yeah, I guess at the time we didn't know when they started doing all this development, and then by the time that we did know, the companies are established. Yeah, you know, it's they're not going to move.
0: It is what it is. There's truckloads of garbage buried in that area. And and not to mention,
1: they can't move. Like, other towns aren't going to be like, we'll welcome in. Give
0: us your toxic sludge. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Youngstown might. I don't know. For a quick buck, (laughs) Youngstown might take your toxic sludge. I'm not sure. But yeah, generally speaking, most people don't want it. Um, And that just, I don't know, just bugged me that this, like, beautiful international site is like surrounded by so much of this garbage
1: yeah Um, that's a a real shame the whole thing is a real shame
0: um i said also in conclusion this kind of contamination is all over that area if you zoom out from niagara and consider the complete list of superfund cleanup sites outside the region um this is just a brief addendum there are 1322 sites on the superfund list for cleanup
1: it still sounds like you're saying super fun because <laughs> it's hard to enunciate that D. So it just it it's sounds great.
0: Super fun list. Super
1: fun cleanup.
0: Uh, it's there's there's a ton of them. Thirteen hundred of them. And and we've cleaned up a total since this was was formed of three hundred and seventy five sites. And as we saw with Love Canal, we just move the shit somewhere else. <clears throat> yeah. And poison someone else. Yeah. Like, what does cleaned up actually mean? If they can't do a thorough job of it, maybe they just can't do it. Maybe it's just not doable.
1: It's one of those things that I, 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 obviously there's lots of different chemicals. Yeah. I don't know how you neutralize that to a point where it's safe.
0: I don't know either. Especially again when it all gets mixed up. Like that's but why even, they
1: just fucking buried it.
0: Yeah. Because at that point, what do you even do?
1: This was always my question when I was in college, when I was like a lab assistant. Yeah. Like we when we had chemicals we were done using from experiments and whatnot, you put them in waste containers and you ship them off to a company to deal with them. But what do they do with them?
0: I don't know. I don't know. They just got, like, a real deep hole somewhere, and they just chuck them in?
1: I don't know what they do with them, and you separate them out from different types of chemicals, but what do they do with them? Yeah. Where did they go? How are they handled? Do they just bury them somewhere?
0: The unfortunate answer is probably, yeah, they just bury them somewhere. Just a mass chemical grave like everything else. (sighs) Um. So yeah, it's, I feel like I opened up more avenues for exploration that I'm going to want to approach again sometime in the future.
1: Well, feel free to do so. But
0: chap. as for this little slice of everything, that is the story of Love Canal, New York.
1: <sighs> wow. Yes, definitely. Don't drink the water in Niagara Falls, New York. <laughs>
0: Holy it's, shit! It's really crazy. Like, like in you have to see the map for yourself almost because. Like I said, I don't know how much of the areas that look like possible dump sites are dump sites.
1: Yeah. But, but it's still. pretty crazy. And, uh, man, it's so creepy that, like, Laura recognized the bowling alley.
0: Yeah, right? Ugh. It, it, like I said, it's like, weird the parking when you lot was radioactive. That's so weird.
1: Yeah, it's weird when you find out, like, how close to home this is for you. Like... Yeah. It's so bizarre. Also, it's got to like it's got to be a fucking bowling alley and it's got to be a school. Like <laughs> yeah, why like, is it the worst places? Like places yeah.
0: where you put children. Well, be, be, because the moneyed interests that decided to put them there didn't really care what popped up after them and the you know the property was cheap and uh, Yeah, the bowling gonna,
1: alley conglomerates. They're
0: not going <laughs> to Well, no, like they're not going to put like a luxury penthouse on top yeah. of that for rich people. Of course. Yeah. They're gonna you, put. They're gonna put the. You put lowest, a bowling
1: alley where the poor people go to have some cheap fun.
0: That's where you dump your toxic garbage.
1: That's where you put the radiation.
0: Yeah, it's very upsetting, and it's. Every, I mean, I, I looked just out of curiosity, and there are thirty-four Superfund <laughs> site Superfund sites <laughs> in Ohio right now. Yeah, one of them is in Salem. Uh huh. There are ninety-five that's, in Pennsylvania. That's
1: where I. <laughs> it's probably the fucking skating rink that i go
0: to just bowling alleys and skating rinks that's where all the toxic stuff is
1: oh god i'm laughing but it could be true it could be (laughs) it's
0: it's also like it's they're not all just like places where people dubbed toxic waste there's all kinds of different yeah environmental cleanup stuff there's all sorts of reasons we're being poisoned yeah there really are (laughs) honestly there are Mm -hmm. um and i
1: mean look at flint michigan Right, It's still a fucking problem.
0: The entire nation knew about it and was really mad about it. And it's still a problem. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even, you can't even solve it.
1: Yeah. Uh, in that case, then maybe you can't, I don't know.
0: You need, There's, you need resources.
1: You need people to like, fucking listen and give a shit.
0: You need, yeah. You, you basically, you need to move mountains in order to take a pile of money from over here and save mm-hmm. a community over here. Mm-hmm. and the calculation gets made, I don't know, Support community. They could just leave, and which is really again,
1: awful. Again, it's not the rich people yeah. that it's affecting.
0: Yeah, no, it would never happen that way. It's
1: the people that don't have a choice in necessarily where they live or moving away from it, who now can't sell their houses, yeah. so they're stuck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's it so fucking shitty.
0: I think what we're really trying to say here is eat the rich.
1: Eat the rich. <laughs> Aerosmith had it right.
0: I don't know. I, it's,
1: just, it's, just, it's just. You it, know those rich guys, Aerosmith. <laughs> they really
0: had it right. Those insanely wealthy rock stars, Aerosmith. Sure had that right. I eh. think
1: I'm saying eat Aerosmith. I don't know. <laughs> Will that solve these I'm problems? I'm skipping Steven Tyler. Who he does knows. not look good. It does seem like he'd be a little bit.
0: Wiry. Stringy. A little
1: stringy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got, that, now he's we, got those crazy toes, Now too. we
1: discuss cannibalism.
0: What? He's got crazy toes. You gotta look up Steven Tyler's toes. They're all over the place. No, thank you. They're like folding all over each other in crazy Why ways. Why do
1: you know about Steven Tyler's know. crazy toes? For
0: the same reason I know about uh, what's it, Megan Fox's thumbs.
1: Yeah, but thumbs aren't in socks and shoes.
0: Steven Tyler walks around in like open sandals, and people can see his toes. I'm not that weird. <laughs> don't make, don't turn this on me.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying it's a little bit weird, but okay. It's
0: a little weird. Whatever. <laughs> um,
1: oh hi, Doug. Shit, he scared me. But basically, that's goose
0: chase. Goose chase for this week.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Um. So we won't be back next week, will we? We won't. I don't know. Well, it's a day after Christmas. You want to you want to do the goose chases next week? Maybe we will. Maybe we'll We'll talk.
1: About it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll put a post up if we're not going to do it.
0: Yeah, uh, we may take a week off. We might take two weeks off. I don't really know. We'll see what happens. But in the meanwhile, two weeks off. Well, yeah, because then the next day is my first day back from uh, from uh, uh, vacation back to work and all that. I don't know. It's uh, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Thank you uh for listening to Goose Chase.
1: Goose Chase. Uh
0: this uh has been a really cool year to do the show. Um yeah. and uh if we don't talk to you before the beginning of 2019, uh hope you have a nice holiday and um
1: Yeah, happy holidays, whatever you whatever celebrate or don't celebrate. I think happy there's only
0: one now. I think Hanukkah's times, over.
1: Happy solstice, but there's also like Kwanzaa. I'm not sure when Kwanzaa happens. <laughs> I don't know and anything there's... about
0: Kwanzaa except that I include it in the list.
1: All I know is that I sang a song about Kwanzaa when I was in middle school in choir. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like a nice holiday. It's yeah. About friendship and love and family and stuff. Um, There's
0: Solstice. Mm-hmm.
1: There might be some Wiccans. Yeah. I
0: don't know. There's all kinds of uh, things, but... Uh, the point is, enjoy whatever you're doing, and yes. we'll see you in a week or two or three or whatever with more Goose Chase. Have yourself All right. a nice couple of weeks or whatever.
1: And drink some hot chocolate and some eggnog at the same
0: time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye-bye. You've been
0: listening to Goose Chase.
1: We are Goose Chase Podcasts on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com.
0: If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play.
1: Want to go on a goose chase?
0: Ooh, yes.